Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today I am joined by a baker, an actor, an artist, and an absolute dreamboat. You've seen him on your television, on Food Network, or maybe, you know, in your local touring house in Jersey Boys the Musical. Please welcome to the mic, America's good boy, Kevin Patrick Martin. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. Crowd goes, bow, 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 bow. I actually have a crowd in the back yes oh yeah. good yeah just yeah. for you though it's only to, on this episode i was gonna say to make it sound like there actually are people who care we record this live <laughs> hi babe how are you hi i'm wonderful ryan how are you i'm so good oh your voice sounds so nice so luxurious oh thank you stop I, it i don't get to talk to anybody who's a bass ever um but- <laughs> so if i just zone out for a while just remind me to you know i'm sure. leading this interview yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if I put you to sleep, um, mm-hmm. you're welcome. <laughs> so what have you been up to? We haven't talked in so long. How's life? You know, life is great. Um, Love that. What have I been up to? Well, let's see. I'm back on tour with Jersey Boys, which is amazing. So happy that theater is back. Um, we started rehearsals again in November, touring uh, all over the country, having a wonderful time. Um, before that, you know, I was out on tour when everything got shut down. Uh, we were in Tampa, Florida. Great place. Great place to find out everything's ending. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Florida in general, the penis yeah. of America. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and actually, we had done a terrible awful one-nighter right before that because yes on an equity tour you can do (laughs) one-nighters we were in valdosta georgia the venue was okay i don't want to like shit talk it but it was not great it was not not one of our best venues that we've played and um we were doing sound check and we started like hearing rumblings about broadway shutting down this was thursday the 12th and we had this, we we're just doing this awful show that night and being like, oh, well, happy last show, everyone. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Can't um, wait. So yep. glad this is the one we ring it in with. Yep. Yeah. So we did the show, got back to the hotel, whatever. Next morning, we're, we traveled to, we we're supposed to travel to Tampa to do a weekend at the Strat Center. And um, we got downstairs and nobody was getting on the bus and our company manager was having us all like sit in the lobby. And we had a meeting and, you know, they told us we're going home for the weekend. Um, 
we're still waiting to hear from our other venues what's going on. But as of right now, no one else has canceled. So, you know, we'll probably see you in Boston on Tuesday. I was like, great, cool. Well, we all know how that ended. <laughs> Never made it to Boston. Damn. Never made it to Boston. I was close. I came back to Rhode Island. There you go. Um, yeah. So that week I flew back home to Providence um, and basically was there up until November of 2021 when I went back to the city for rehearsals again. Well, if you do not know who Kevin Patrick Martin is, um, shame on you. <laughs> Unsurprising. <laughs> He's a man of many talents who for years has been exploring every avenue of his creativity that seemingly from the outside interests him. And Kevin, I just want to start off by asking, when did that start? Have you always been someone who's like just interested in a lot of stuff and like willing to pursue it? Or is that something that came to you kind of later? Um, I really have been my entire life um, just always interested in doing all different things, learning all different things. Um, you know, I started actually uh, playing the piano in second grade. Um, my, I don't come from like a really artistic or musical family necessarily. My dad, well, that's not true. My dad's an incredible guitar player and he's played his almost his entire life as long as I've been alive. Um, but it was never something he did professionally. It was always just a hobby for him. Um, but I had an interest in music as a kid. I played sports as a kid. Um, I was an altar server in church as a kid. I don't know what that means, but it sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I look back on it and realize, oh, I loved it because I was basically performing. Okay. It was, so were you, you know, in like a robe? In the, was in the Catholic dress? church. Yes, I had my long robe. We had all these duties throughout the mass. We'd like be with the priest and do all this stuff. And it was... Oh, you went to like... like the production mass like oh, to yeah. me church was like you went to a abandoned costco and that was where church happened but you were doing like classic church oh yeah like full out production numbers um tap dancing that would make uh, me gay sparklers. in two seconds right yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like the ritual of like doing a performance almost mm -hmm. having tasks to do and duties and being in front of people and um so yeah, always all kinds of things I enjoyed doing. Was that like your first introduction to theater then? It sort of was, yeah. Because um, I had never, you know, I, I didn't, at, in my elementary school, we didn't have that kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, that was really my first, I guess, um, taste of it, which is weird to say as a former Catholic. Cause, you know, <laughs> I um, mean, it all, it all starts somewhere, right? Like, right, yeah. Um, I was watching Drag Race and they had this whole section where they were like talking about like where they learned how to dance. And uh, like Georges was saying, she watched uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And yep. it kind of like cuts away to, I think, Diabetti saying like queer people have a bunch of talents because we teach ourselves like in the comfort of our room. Like we don't go to like group settings to learn them. Yeah. Um. So it all kind of starts in kind of kooky weird places for a lot of people yep which absolutely. i think is just kind of fascinating yeah do you know that um are you on tiktok at all no i've decided i'm too old oh oh geez okay well i have to delete my account then <laughs> um it, no it's not even that it's literally this i can't for the life of me right now have another social media to put in my brain 
to say this is for work sure. um, when it, it's not like I, I literally posted myself in my underwear yesterday. That is not for work. That is for me. So <laughs> well, not it, just for you, not just for me. It's for the people. Yep. Um, but <laughs> I yeah, I just can't add another thing on my plate that I'm like checking and being like, maybe this will be the moment. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, but tell me about TikTok. <laughs> there's this um, there's a sound on it. Uh, and this guy who uh, I can't remember what he says verbatim, but basically he's gay and talking about like um, being a, a generalist of sorts where he just thinks he can do all of these things because he has the audacity of a homosexual where yes. like he just does everything for the first time and does it well. And like <laughs> nothing has ever spoken to me more than that sound. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially as people who pursue creative endeavors, there's not really like, we're not doctors, right? So like there isn't a training method where like you have to pass this and then you can cut into somebody's heart. It's like you wanted to learn how to bake beautifully. So you taught yourself how to bake beautifully. Yeah. Because you have the capabilities within you. Yeah. And I'm a doctor too. So And you're a doctor. Yeah. yeah. So it's great. <laughs> it's great. Love being a doctor. <laughs> so how was growing up in Rhode Island where I was born? Where you were born. Mm -hmm. um, it's honestly, I really love it here. Yeah. Um, there's a reason, I guess, that I'm back after having lived in New York, lived on and off for nine years. That's enough time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I guess there are a few reasons I'm back, but, you know, my town was exactly what you would probably imagine for a small New England town. Um, everyone playing soccer on Saturdays and, you know, all the sports teams getting the the support and adoration in the high school and all the arts stuff getting not much of anything, but, but, you know, we were there, we persevered. Um, yeah. It's a, it, it's some, there's something charming about being from the smallest state in the country. It's very cute. And, you know, going as I've gone now to almost every other state in the country and having to show my ID places and people saying like, Oh, I've never met anyone from Rhode Island before. Or like, Oh, I didn't, where is that? Is that in New York? Uh, like no, it's it's one of the fifty states. Thank you. Yep, it's there. <laughs> it's it's a full state. You're either an Irish Catholic or a Portuguese person, and then and you're both, probably so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. I think it's funny whenever I go visit, um, how like distance is relative to where you live, right? So if I go visit, there will be aunts and uncles who are like, I couldn't possibly drive to see you. It's twenty minutes. Yep. And I was like, I mean, I waited 20 minutes for a train today. I wasn't yeah. happy about it, but I did it. It's that is the most Rhode Island thing. <laughs> like if you're driving, I grew up in, you know, a town called Cumberland, which is the northeasternmost town borders Massachusetts. And to drive down to the beaches in South County, like that's a day trip. You have to pack a lunch for that kind of thing. Um, my fiance is from Illinois and he talks about that all the time. Uh, like when because his brother now lives here as well down in South County near the University of Rhode Island, which is like maybe 35 minute drive from us in Providence. And he'll tell his friends at work that he's, you know, going down to visit his, visit his brother tonight. And they're like, oh, isn't that such a long drive? <laughs> it's crazy. Or like I grew up in Oregon, which is just one huge block of space. And then I went to school in Illinois. So then the, the concept of being in four different States to go, to Chicago essentially mm -hmm. blew my mind. I was like, yeah. I 
you drive eight hours in Oregon and you're still in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of kooky crazy. Yeah, I could drive two hours north and pass through like I don't know four states, maybe <laughs> Canada. Really, for but... all I know, I don't yeah, know. I don't know geography. I'm gay. Uh, <laughs> it's like the audacity to do everything and then also to say you can't expect can't me to know how to do that. Couldn't do it. <laughs> so, as a musical theater performer, you, I want to say, are a unique breed of a bass baritone who also taps made it really difficult to uh really get through those book of mormon calls <laughs> yeah for sure you're like i nailed this and then they're like sorry babe not for you ryan the amount of times that i went and did those fucking tap combinations over and over and stayed to sing and i would sing and then they would say do you have anything higher <laughs> no just like the last five times uh and then they just stopped asking. So, <laughs> how did you navigate that? How do you navigate that? Because if I were to, when I'm put in situations like that where I'm like 97% correct for this, and the last 3% is something out of my control, for a very long time, I would get super, super negative about myself about that mm-hmm. and wouldn't see that I am 97% correct for whatever was happening. Right. I'm interested about your process and how you work through that. Sure. Yeah, I think just having that recognition and knowing that there's always going to be something that's out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't make it any less frustrating. Um, but, you know, it just sort of helps you deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's fair. <laughs> I, you know, I was... Um, I worked my first job like out of school was at this theater in South Florida. And um, a few years later they were doing a chorus line and they wanted someone to help run the dance call in New York. So I helped with that. And so then I was on the opposite side of the table for the remainder of the day with like directors looking at headshots. And there were, I mean, this director was cutting people or saying no to people for the most ridiculous reasons. Like they had the same name as one of their exes or, you know, oh, like cool. <laughs> just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. And so when you see stuff like that, you're like, it's, I can't do anything, but do what I do. Yeah. And then it's in someone else's hands and, you know, there may be really shitty reasons why you don't get it and that sucks. Or it could just be, you know, something's just, this is the way this is. And unfortunately it's just not going to work for you. Yeah, it's it's such a I don't know, I'm in like an odd space about it all where it's like yes, all of those things are shitty and do happen. So how do I keep showing up as opposed to saying uh, these shitty things keep happening. I don't want to deal with that right anymore. Which is like a fine and fair thing for people to do as well. Who knows what I'm going to do, but yeah, I've been just thinking about that a lot and just thinking about the people that I love and admire in this field, such as yourself, who are unique and talented individuals who have found a way to highlight that into a professional success. So good job. Thank you. I mean, yeah. you know, part of it too is once you find something that works, 
you hold on to it as long as you can. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I'm coming up on 700 performances of Jersey Boys now. That's incredible. How do you keep that fresh? I mean, I guess you had a long break, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. Um, I don't know, but just ad libbing everything. They're really cool with you. No, <laughs> make uh, it up. Yeah, add a new riff. Yeah, add another know. season into the mix. Add fifth season. Yeah. <laughs> There's not um, four seasons. There's five. It's the end of Dreamgirls. <laughs> uh, no, I've. That's actually something that's come up a lot. Uh, we, you know, we do talkback, or in the former days, we would do mm. talkbacks, and people would ask that a lot. And um, and I've always said, you know, I don't know if I say this not having done it. If I were in New York and had the same show for five years, I'm sure I would stay with it. But I sometimes say like I don't know if I could stay with the same show for five years in the same place there's something about touring um that like innately keeps the show fresh for us Mm -hmm. we're playing different venues always different audiences I mean people around the country all have different reactions to the show um the nature of touring people are going to get injured people are going to get sick so we have swings and understudies in and out that helps keep it fresh um and Honestly, it's, you know, part of our job to have to do it. So we you do make it. it work. Yeah. <laughs> and like, then you know, you start to find little things that will creep their way into your nightly performance um, that no one else who's ever watching the show could ever pick up on. I Absolutely not. Yeah. But, you know, the people who look at you at the same time every night will notice something and you give them a little. There's secrets. Secrets yeah. for them. Yeah. For you. Yeah. yeah. So that keeps it fun. <laughs> Tell me about baking. Um, so baking is when you take a series of... <laughs> uh-huh. It sounds like science. Uh, I, yeah. People who it's... bake love measuring. People who cook love to just live willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> baking is very technical. Until it's not. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of love... That's why I really love uh, you know, cakes and cupcakes and stuff stuff that uh, incorporates like decoration and um, sort of artistic freedom a little bit because that's where you get to be more creative and um, and experiment with things and and you know even if you do follow all the technical rules shit's gonna get screwed up sometimes it's just what happens (laughs) and you're like wow i started this yesterday Um, yep I guess it's not going to happen. And it all ends up in the trash can. Yeah. Or you have like one friend who eats anything and you might poison them, but you know, yeah, that's their fault. Or your fiance is just really sweet and tells you, no, I don't think it's bad. I think you're a liar. I don't know (laughs) if we can do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. that's mm. You heard it here first. uh, Exclusive. Maybe this will not work out. (laughs) Uh, Well, we haven't even gotten into the wedding planning talk yet. Oof. Um, but your fiance is also a creative. He is, yeah. He's a professional ballet dancer. Casual. Um, yeah. Greatest asses in the land. Um, mm-hmm. Just so nice. Good job. How? <laughs> how is that? How is? Do you guys balance each other out as both creatives? Are you like? I guess you're in different fields enough that it would feel okay. It's, maybe it's really sort of a perfect balance. That's good. Um. I don't know that even if he was in theater that I would have any, you know, issue. Yeah, you seem pretty cool and chill. 
it, yeah, it's just, that's kind of just always the way I've been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't think that would be an issue for me, maybe for him. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it, it really is a beautiful balance because he, he understands and really appreciates what I do. And, you know, I feel the same for him, but they are also different enough and separate enough that we never have to worry about, um, you know, conflict or anything like that. And it, and it's made me appreciate ballet so much more because after taking it in college and just like, I'm the kind of person that if I start to do something and I'm not good at it, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Same. Absolutely same. Were you in a talented and or gifted program as a youth? Um, it was called Reach at my own. Okay. School. Yep. yep. Uh, Mine was Tag. <laughs> talented and gifted. They didn't even hide it. Yep. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. If my sister gives me shit about it all of the time and yeah. she is a full on doctor and uh, well, good yeah, for her, good for her. <laughs> She's doing great. But I have the same thing where I'm like, if I can't even see that I'm going to be good at this, I'm not going to keep doing it. Yep. Yeah. Wasting my time. So me with ballet. Yeah. Also, like, I just don't have the proportions for it. I mean, you have a great ass. Thank you That's very like much. It. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's also like, you know four feet down the back of my body because my torso is so ridiculously long Mm. (laughs) you know i could i had a friend on tour who was six four with Uh like legs up to his shoulders and we would sit down next to each other backstage and i would tower over him by like six inches and then we'd stand up and i'd be looking up at his armpits nice um good good view so like that looking at that in a mirror doing ballet is not great yeah and unfortunately it's you know it's changing but ballet especially is a very visual art form Mm -hmm. in the sense of lines and shapes and um and you know i just wouldn't fit that i would just wouldn't look good doing it regardless of whatever technique i lack it was so funny i I took Alex's, so he dances in a company, but he also teaches uh, adult classes and classes for their students and whatnot in the school. And I was just going and taking the like adult open ballet class one night and I came home to him and was like, I, that entire class was looking in the mirror and just hated everything I saw. Like not about my body or my whatever, but just like, I don't know, just like nothing i was doing did i like the look of yeah and he was like i can't wait to go to work tomorrow and tell all my friends what you just said because like you understand what it's like to be a ballet dancer now it's so crazy it's, especially in those situations every single day and to feel like i know what my brain wants i know what i want it to look like yep and i understand the mechanics yep and it's just not the body's just not following through it's just not appealing to me it's like i'm five four me kicking my face is like factually not impressive because it's like this bit you know what i mean it's like a little stump just kind of brushing somebody's shoulder and yeah in, in in those instances as an artist i feel very insecure insecure because like i know what i bring to the table in a lot of things in musical theater mm-hmm. and then like quite recently I was in a dance call for newsies where they really wanted me to be a newsie. And that's just 
not my journey. Um, and it's, it's hard to look at and see. So like dancers, I have so much respect for across the board because it, it, I already have a mind fuck with other shit, let alone mm-hmm. like looking at myself, my physical instrument and being like, I don't like this every yep. day. And then, and, and he does that beautifully. And then he looks at what we do and is mortified of the idea of having to speak in front of people. We all have our battles. We all have our battles. Well, Kevin Patrick Martin, I think now is a good time for me to ask you the question of the podcast. (sighs) Why are you like this? Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Okay. I've thought about this a lot. He just put glasses on. He put mm-hmm. a whole smoking jacket on. It's a yeah. whole new vibe. <laughs> Have you... Are you familiar with the Enneagram? That's the Do one where it's just like a bunch of... They're like an ENFTM. No. So that's different. So okay. a, a similar idea. Mm-hmm. So the Enneagram is like a personality typing thing um, and there are nine different types and it's all based on you know unlike horoscopes which are based on when you're born mm, this is the stars the moon yeah this is based on like actual stuff no uh <laughs> no this is it's you like read the i have an entire book actually sitting right up there there are all different personality types that they outline you you find yours based on answering a series of questions and um and so I found mine and I am type three, which is the achiever. And it's, I mean, they just sort of like nail you to a wall with basically telling you like, this is who you are and this is what you do. And, and um, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's me. It's like, wants to be the best at everything. Um, very much a people pleaser just like an endless list of things um that the type three achiever does and is um and they explain ways that like when you're at your best and things like that um but it's very much uh for me at least it's very much the idea of wanting to please people (laughs) That's okay. Which sounds like not a great thing, but... Why would that be bad? Uh, well, I guess there's there's probably a stigma around, like, being a people pleaser and, you know, doing things for other people, like, to please other people instead of doing them to please yourself. Mm-hmm. But, like, I also get satisfaction and pleasure in the, like, doing that. 
Yeah. Um, I think a lot of about I think about it a lot with like baking stuff and sharing my my baking and or projects and stuff like that. And um, you know, there are people who could be entirely content with baking things and never giving them to people or never taking pictures of them and never sharing their work and um because they very much don't want that. And as much as I love to do those things for the process and for the fulfillment and then to share it for the joy of sharing something with someone there's also like a part of me and I think humans and nature that also just loves the gratification like the instant gratification you get from seeing someone enjoy that and from hearing what they think about it and um from like you know getting praise or compliments for yeah (laughs) something you've done Absolutely. So, like, that's a part of it, too. And sorry, I'm just rambling. I also, like, I love, love, love makers and people who make things. And I'm with like, you. I thought you were talking about whiskey. I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. Oh, yes. No. Weird coming <laughs> from me because I don't drink. I don't either. Um, that's right. Work. You for much longer than me. Well, but yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but, like, I... TV shows that are devoted to watching people who are good at something do what they do and just the process of that, like that is my, I'm, I'm grabbing my chest right now because I mm, love yeah. it so much. Um, have you watched the show Making It with Amy Poehler and Nook Offerman? No, but <gasps> it sounds like a blast. It's like the closest to the Great British Bake Off that we have in terms of like, these people are great. Everyone loves each other. Everyone's supportive. It's not like, you know, American reality TV show where everyone's trying to tear Kill each other down. Um, and it's just like watching people who are skilled do what they do well. The same with like Blown Away, the glass blowing show. Mm, I love that or, show. Or um, uh, what's it called? It's like the British makeup show on Netflix. Oh, with the ding dong lady, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like any sort of cooking show where people are really good at it. And I just love, love, love watching that. I watch like cookie decorating videos on YouTube Mm. to Um, relax or just. Yeah. Yeah. I recently started watching um, Lizzo's show. Uh, I think it's like for the big girls or. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of similar premise. Like they get to a certain point and Lizzo right at the jump was like, there are 10 of you. There are 10 spots. I would like for you all to be able to do those 10 spots. So the only thing that's in your way is you. And like, there isn't like a number that I have to fill. There isn't a quota I have to fill. I'm not trying to make you kill each other to get here. Um, So you get to just see people this is to look for dancers. You just get to see dancers take a breath and dance as yeah. the best that they can. Yeah. And it, it's just refreshing to watch as much as I love a competition show where oh, people absolutely. are, you know, plotting against each other. And like, I'm a huge survivor fan. I clearly enjoy drag race. Like there are, there's times and places for that, but it is nice to see things where it's like, like I think competitive singing shows are hysterical because mm-hmm. like what what are we doing? Yep. Because if you and I are going against each other in a competitive singing show, regardless of each other's talent, 
I can just scream higher than you, which will get me votes in America. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so it, it is nice to see things where you just like get to be like, this is people being good at it and they're getting to show it to the world. Mm -hmm. I live for that stuff. I love that stuff. I'm also, you know, I am a competitive person too. I can tell that about you. If we're having a game night, like I'm not going to do you any favors and let things slide. Did you get in a lot of fights by playing the game? Sorry. I actually, I don't, I never really played. Sorry that much. That's probably for the best. Sorry. It was a, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's our show. Um, uh, but like if we're playing Bananagrams and you spell a word wrong, uh, sorry. That's just not a word. Yeah. Clear, uh, cut and dry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, I get in too many arguments for game nights. It, it takes a lot for me to be like, I will do this with you. Cooperative games are good in that way. Because mm, then you get to work with people mm -hmm. as opposed to against them. But I'm also, I think my competitive nature is more like, I don't know if this is entirely true. I'm competitive with myself. Like, I always just want to be doing the best that I can do and like do better than I've done in the past. If there are other people alongside me that are also like doing stuff, sure, I'll, I'll want to be better than them too because I like to win. But I don't know, it's more for, I don't know. Yeah, just more me wanting to like, be the best at doing what I can do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Taking it back to your long test to find out your personality, when you get down to the end of it and they tell you you're this, do you find that to be freeing, to be able to read, like, this has been studied and these are qualities of a person who is also like me? Or do you find it limiting in a way? To be like, I took this test and these are the only qualities I have. And this is what I have to fulfill. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm definitely the former. The, like, I, I've sort of always been in tune with who I am. And, um, you know, I was the kid in, in middle school group projects that would be like, please just let me do this all myself. <laughs> I will do it. It'll get done well. It'll get done right. You can absolutely get credit for it too. I'm not going to tell anyone that you didn't do anything, but like, yeah, you're I have in control. control issues, <laughs> <laughs> which when it comes to planning a wedding, <laughs> well, but you know, it's going to yeah. be beautiful and it's going to get done well and get done it's gonna right. It's going to have a great aesthetic. Yeah. Um. So, like, I, it's that's just always been the way that I've been. And so it's reassuring <laughs> to know that, like, Oh yeah, I recognize that this is just who I am and like there's nothing wrong with being this way. There are ways that I can sort of understand how the impact this can have on other people and um like okay, maybe I need to dial this back a bit because this could, you know, negatively impact whatever such and such a thing. And so just having that recognition is great. Um but yeah, overall, it's it's freeing just to think like, okay, it makes, yeah, this makes sense that this is, this is me. Yeah. It's nice to be able to name things and to say what they are and mm -hmm. recognize them as opposed to just kind of feeling kind of like a nebulous blob and being like, right. eh. Yeah. Um, and to know that there are other people like you mm -hmm. 
um which you know tie it all back to just being queer um <laughs> it's it's all connected uh what is it like planning a gay wedding it's very thrilling great you sound um, thrilled <laughs> i literally i just posted a status yesterday um of about my frustration with how gendered and bride centric the wedding industry is yeah uh, which i knew and you know i even fall into the trap myself like the amount of times that i have said bridesmaid instead of groomsmaid or like we're not you know our bridal party is not oh no our sorry our wedding party is not going to stand up there with us or like oh should we have a bridal shower no a wedding shower um i do it too it's because it's been ingrained in us since we ever started hearing the terms and there have i'm working with some really fantastic vendors who are working very consciously and hard to sort of break that down um so that's been great and there are other times where like you know i'm reading articles or listening to podcasts and or even like trying to fill out information online for certain things where it's just like bride, 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 bride. I'm like, oh, well, I know that in this instance, you mean like me, the one who's doing the work and like putting it all together. <laughs> because but, of control issues. Not. <laughs> no, no, is. um, but like, I'm not a bride though. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that is so beautiful about being queer but so frustrating when we go to do something that has been seen as traditional right so we have practice defining what a relationship is for ourselves as queer people i think across the board there are just a bigger acceptance of what your partner means what your rules are regarding sex and intimacy with others and with yourselves. And then when we get to spaces where it's like, we want to get married, it's so wonderful that that is an option for us, but the option that is being given to us is heteronormative to the, the most extreme. Heteronormative. Yep. And we don't really have, we don't, I mean, but in my twenties, we couldn't get married so it's not like there's right. like a blueprint of what a gay wedding can be and so it, it's freeing you get to define it you get to do whatever the hell you want yeah but if you were in a heterosexual situation the whole family every person you've ever met knows exactly the events that happen in a wedding how they happen who they happen for and why they happen yep and so i would imagine when you sit down to do it with you and your fiance you're like well, what do we want? I'm having a hard time even researching what we can have because every time I go to look at it, I'm being reflected back something that's just not us. Right. We're going to have like a traditional wedding in the wedding sense where like, yes, we're having a ceremony where we exchange rings and we get engaged and then we have a reception afterwards. Like that's that's your traditional wedding. But we're trying to incorporate our non-traditional elements. And um, when we were sitting down to discuss what we wanted and different things um he, alex was sort of challenging me on like well why do we have to do that and i was like because well, that's that's what you do and like i don't know if he was doing it 
just to be contrarian <laughs> or like doing it because it meant we could save money some way mm-hmm. or like doing it to actually challenge and get us to think like, why are we doing that? I think it was maybe a combination of the three, but it's, it's caused me to, you know, sit back and reflect and like, like, why is this important? Why are we doing this? Why does this have to be there? If it's something that we have to put in, like have to, that we decide to put in, because we just like the idea of it and we want it and it may be a traditional thing, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's your wedding. You get to yeah. define it yourself. But like also, if we ask our guests for to request songs that they know all the words to and then halfway through the reception, we have a lip sync for your life portion of the evening. We can do that because we fucking want to. Because <laughs> that's your wedding. It's especially, I mean, people say this all the time, but like weddings are also like, not really about the people who are getting married. So then what do you, how do you fill that in? I love how I'm having this whole conversation with you. I've literally never had a boyfriend. So like, I don't know about getting married, but good for you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about getting married until we started doing it. So well, what is your favorite thing about being gay? Oh. Uh, me, it's kissing boys. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah yeah that's a big i really really enjoy loving men (laughs) that's great awful as men are (laughs) pretty terrible for some reason there's something about them just keep drawing me back i keep drawing me back in it's Mm. just can't quit them it's hard yeah um it's so funny you know the older i get the more i also continue to realize like different things about my sexuality and my attraction and my identity and um i i sort of love that like being gay has allowed me not not that non-gay folks don't have this but to really be comfortable questioning myself constantly and to be open to understanding new things about myself and um exploring and discovering yeah i think that's a wonderful thing about anybody who's felt othered ever you know like you have you are kind of forced to have these conversations with yourself and to as a queer like as a queer person have these conversations with yourself and accept the things that are making you different as good Mm -hmm. and explore those aspects that you probably wouldn't have those conversations with if you didn't feel different. Right. Um, and maybe you did, but maybe you would have these conversations, but it's probably because you've like gone to therapy later in life. Like <laughs> you're not like a 12 year old, like I'm we're 12. I'm like, Oh, I really want to kiss some boy. That doesn't seem normal. I have to have conversations with my 12 year old self that, if I were straight, I probably wouldn't right. be having. So yeah, introspective is key. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, as we wind down the podcast, I asked this of all of my guests. Do you have any questions for me? I have a couple. Great. Okay. Cilantro, yes or no? I like it. Yeah. I don't have a strong opinion about it because I don't have the soap thing. Yeah, I do. Ah, see, that sucks. So like Chipotle sucks for you. Yeah. It's like hard. Really? Just talking about all sorts of tribulations. My cross to bear though. (laughs) 
Uh, well, actually, uh, I have a, a castmate who um, has worked at Chipotle, and because I've heard rumors for years that they have non-cilantroed rice somewhere in the store, but I have never been brave enough to ask for it. Yeah, because I don't want to inconvenience anyone. But I That's asked the him, gayest thing you've said on the entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. I am who I am. Uh, <laughs> um, but he said that, yes, locations, all locations should have non-cilantroed rice that should be easily accessible for them. So next time I go, I'm going to test it out and ask. Yeah, I, I, I dare you. I double dog dare you. Because the it's just... As a person who eats cilantro and tastes soap, I actually just have more refined taste buds. That's true. I can taste the aldehydes in the cilantro. You use aldehydes, I have to believe them. So it's the difference between you and me, Ryan. So if we were doing, like on cooking shows, when they're like blindfolded taste test, you'd win. Right. I like the ones where they they like blindfold a great chef and they like can't say salt. (laughs) It's my fave. Okay, so yeah, cilantro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This is one of Alex's favorite questions to ask people. What is your favorite word or what are your favorite words if you have a couple? It's Uh, tough one, I know, because it's probably something you haven't thought about much. Yeah, I use... (laughs) I mean, I've thought about the phrases that I repeat a lot because I edit this podcast myself, so Mm -hmm. I hear me. I say I love that all of the time, Um, pre- Real Housewives Lisa Barlow. I was saying I love that. Um, fuck is one of my favorite words for sure. It's such a good word to say. It's just got so many consonants and it can mean anything. And the the, the plosive consonants the plosives. too that are just like. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then definitely is in my vocabulary a lot, but I can't spell it for shit. I see a lot of people spell it definately, D-E-F-I-N-A-T-E-L-Y. I'm going to try D-E-F-I-N-T-E-L-Y. Mm-mm. Damn. Every time. D-E-F-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y. Thank God for spell check. You know, like back back in my day when I was in elementary school and they said you weren't going to have calculators in your pocket, I got one of those. Right. And they were going <laughs> to tell me that I had to learn how to spell and my phone does it for me. <laughs> yep. Do you have a favorite word? Fuck is a great one. It's a great word. Um, I really like, and not because of the word itself necessarily, but just because of what it is. Cheesecake. I love cheesecake. And so it's like nothing about the word itself is satisfying, but just the reaction that it causes me to have is what satisfies me. I think of the dessert, which is lovely. And then if I don't want to think of the dessert, I think of the factory, which gives you literally anything you've ever wanted to eat. I mean, you sit down and you get a novel. Yes. (laughs) It opens so many doors. Right. You want to try every cuisine in the world? Great. Here we go. Come on down to the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. See, and shit like Cheesecake Factory, anybody with a dream, you could do anything you want. Mm-hmm. You could be anything you want to be. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, 
one other question. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what what social stigma do you think society needs to get over? I think we need to get over that if somebody doesn't drink, it's for something bad. I just dabbed <laughs> because it's still 2015 here. Um, so I haven't drank in two and a half years. It'll be three in October. Um, and one, it's like none of your business if it is bad. But two, just because alcohol and I don't get along doesn't mean I murdered someone. Right. And it doesn't mean that my life was out of control. And I, you know, all the shit that like comes with uh, saying I don't drink because Mm -hmm. I don't do the same thing. If I offer someone weed and they say, I don't smoke weed. I say, okay. Or any other, whatever, what have you, I don't drink sugar. You know, I don't drink coffee. Yep. But for some reason in this country, if you don't consume alcohol, a, it must be for a horrible reason. And B, it has this connotation that you are like clean from everything. A Mormon. Yeah. I get that. I mean, and I, I don't say that to try and sound insulting. No. When I people find out that I don't drink and have never drank, the question I get asked most is, are you a Mormon? I mean, people who don't, you know, know me, know me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with a lot of Mormons. They don't drink. They don't. Well, I mean, they do a lot of things. But yeah, the the Mormon ideas: no alcohol, no caffeine, no nothing that changes your body kind yeah. of vibes. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating to me, especially being relatively new to the non-alcohol world. Because I mean, I used to drink. You've seen me drink. Uh, in stopping drinking there was of course my concerns that were my own about my inability to be at a party and be fun and my inability to go to bars whatever and that's all for me to figure out um Mm -hmm. but then when i meet someone new and i say i don't drink i can like see on their person this like assumption that i'm like not fun or something horrible happened to me or we're gonna like talk about trauma and it's just like i just don't yeah and that's okay what sort of trauma do you have associated with it Mm -hmm. or oh fuck now i can't drink around you yes you can literally my choice not yours has nothing to do with this or oh you think you're better than me because i'm drunk right now and you don't drink Literally none of the above. <laughs> I mean, you are engaged now, so you, you, you've caught a person. Um, well. But you also haven't drank longer than me. With dating, I find that I have a hard time expressing the, especially in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to go on a date? Yeah, let's meet up for a drink. I don't drink. Totally chill that you do. I do not care. I also understand if I'm on the other side and I'm meeting a new person for a drink and they don't drink how that can be a little bit nervous about that how do you navigate that i 
Keeping in mind, neither of us are professionals. We're just talking into a microphone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I've been very fortunate to not have had many experiences where I sort of had to face that. Like, I I will be upfront, or will be when I was dating. I would would be upfront with people and let them know that I didn't drink purely so that like if we got there and they started to drink and I wasn't drinking I didn't want them to then feel uncomfortable or in a situation where they felt they had to like I don't know I just wanted to let them know like hey I don't do this like you said totally cool if you do I I'm fine with going to a bar let's do it um I never had experiences where that was met with like resistance. Also, I think, I mean, I, I sort of assume that, you know, it's, it's a social lubricant. Mm -hmm. So I can understand how if someone goes from being a drinker to a non-drinker, there is then that feeling of like, you know, I would, I would appreciate having something that would help me ease into this a little more. Um, so I've never... I also don't know what that's like because I've never drank. So I don't, I've never had to experience that sort of difference in yeah. situation. Um, I mean, I'm the first time I met Alex for our first date, we went to a bar and he had like a blue moon or something. And we split a basket of Buffalo fries mm. and, and that's love. Yeah, and you know he was he was a drinker in his younger days. Um, now he's like, you know, one beer and he's feeling good because <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you are in your thirties and start to not drink as much. Um, but for him too, you know, I was fortunate that for him, it, he never saw it as something that made him uncomfortable to like be drinking when I wasn't. Yeah. Um, so lucky in that sense yeah and I, I would dare to say that a lot of my experience is me being concerned about somebody else feeling uncomfortable about drinking in front of me not drinking and that has literally nothing to do with them and everything to do with me right um because like like I said most people if they're good people it's not gonna be a problem yeah um but I just have this like need as i'm meeting new people to like appear like a cool girl like i don't do that but i like am super fun and like love yeah. to hang and i'm I'm a guy's girl you know yeah. <laughs> very that and, and i don't know if it's also that i'm you know i was older when i met alex well i was i don't know i don't know how old you are actually are you 30 i am yeah um i think i was 29 when i met him uh, so much younger than me i can't right? i can't even imagine um yeah because i turned 30 at the end of the year that we started dating but there was i was also you know at a time in my life where i was like uh, you know i don't care yeah if you know if someone thinks this or doesn't think this like i'm past the point of like trying to feel like cool and wanted and you know yeah like feeling like the vibe i don't know is that what kids say i don't know but the faces you're making were great <laughs> it's modeling to a t 
and e- I, I don't know. Even when I was younger, like I didn't really care about impressing. I cared about impressing the straight boys that I had crushes on. Mm. I gave up on that <sighs> real quick. I got rid of that one real quick. Still haven't. Yeah, when <laughs> I, it's just, I don't. Re- I mean, my my thing, as we're talking about all of this, I'm like, I I don't want to teach you about being gay across the board. Mm-hmm. I would love to meet and us exchange knowledge that we have from our lives and like explore new things as people. But I I don't, it's not my goal to a be a secret or B help you come out. Yeah. I'm 30. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to apply that to my non drinking. Good for you. And I think I just had therapy. That was a breakthrough. I was going to say my, my thing for straight boys is my own like therapy thing. That yeah. I need to <laughs> Uh, we all have our things. My fiance is not straight, though. He's that's he's good. So yeah, yeah, that's good to know. He can yeah. be if he wants to. Right. Yeah. He's just not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, Kevin! Thank you so much for coming on. This has been an incredible time spent with your lovely, luscious voice. Oh, thanks. Uh, I love your nails, by the way. Oh, thank you. They're for... so cute. Dwayne Reed. Um, Work. Where can the where can the children find you? Um, on Instagram at Kevin Patrick Martin, and then on there I also have the links to like my you know my baking Instagram page and um or TikTok. But I don't really post much there though. I just Great. like to go and laugh. Just uh, scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. Yeah. Or you can find me on tour with Jersey Boys. I don't know. Yeah, go see Jersey come, Boys if it's coming to a town. It'll be Kevin will be there, yeah. and you know, make sure to let him know if you see him doing something that doesn't seem historically Ooh. accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like me uh, rapping Bibi Zahara Benet's rap from Rock Kakati Tata. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. bitch. Ooh la 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 la. C'est bon, c'est mm-hmm. bon. It uh, fits right into Sherry oh, Baby. Yeah. We, ha- I'm, I'm not even kidding you. We have an eight bar interlude going from big girls don't cry into walk like a man where i'm like in the recording studio with bob crew and there have been times where that little eight measures of rapping is because they're not no one's paying attention to us you get into a recording studio who knows what's going to come out honey occasionally it's the uh rebecca black's um (laughs) the rap from friday the so rap, chilling okay. in the front seat, in the back seat, I'm driving, cruising, fast lanes, switching lanes with a car up on my side. Passing by is a school bus in front of me, makes TikTok, TikTok, want to scream, check the time, it's Friday, it's a weekend, we're going to have fun. Come on, come on, y'all. Okay, I am rock hard. That was amazing. That. Or Lil' Kim's from Lady Marmalade, which really mm-hmm. is full circle because Bob Crew wrote the song Lady Marmalade. So I'm like, oh, hey, I'm doing this thing. You should write a song. <laughs> uh, so I caused Jersey I- Boys to happen, really. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, what a lovely time. Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye.